Well, we have in our hot little hands the very official and final results of whether or not boneless chicken wings are, in fact, chicken nuggets or alternatively chicken tenders. Um, this, of course, is in reference to our story a couple of days ago about the guy who's suing an American restaurant for selling, quote, boneless chicken wings, end quote, uh, which he claims are sculpted from chicken breast. We asked you to vote on Insta and boy, oh boy, did you deliver. Drum roll, please. With 53% of the total vote, yes, I'm, I'm sitting back, yes, boneless chicken wings are in fact just a chicken nuggy. I am actually uh, amazed by that result that 47% of people said no, boneless chicken wings are actually chicken wings. That, that blows my mind. It's way tighter than I thought. On that note, though, kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Imogen. And I'm Emil. And this is what we're talking about. Tens of thousands of teachers around the country are on strike today. So what do they want? And is this a harbinger of a year of industrial action? Remember COVID? Well, who can forget why you should probably still have the Tracer app on your phone and switch your Bluetooth on. And does this sound scared to death? Well, not me. I actually I quite like getting phone calls, unless they're from a you know no caller ID. But uh, if you are terrified of phone calls, we will explain why, because you're not alone, and how you can get past it. Plus, swearing at work. This could be dangerous. We are literally at work, and we are not allowed to swear. Or are we? The new rules for office potty mouths. All that's coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. It's probably an unusual day for a fair few parents around the country who are taking Thursday off work and not necessarily by choice, am I? No, up to 50,000 teachers around the country are striking after the education ministry failed to come to an agreement around pay and working conditions with the teachers unions, the Education Institute and Post-Primary Teachers Association. Now this is a pretty complicated story. It's been running for a while. So here to break it all down for us is staff's Political editor Luke Malpass. Hello, Luke. Hey, guys. How are you? Very well, thanks. Now, uh, broad strokes, what's the deal here? Well, basically, the deal is that uh, perhaps unusually, it is um, pretty much all parts of the education system, south of universities. There's a number of points. One is that uh, they're not happy with the pay offer, but also are not happy with various amounts of funding that uh, allow certain teacher to student ratios as well and various sort of support staff. So that's the union argument. What's the ministry's argument? They've basically said, well, look, uh, there's pay offer on the table of 11.7% for the lowest paid teachers. Uh, it's 7.6% for the highest paid teachers, both over two years, that these are significant pay rises. I mean, south of inflation over two years, but I mean, 117 is getting pretty, getting pretty close. And, um, and they also uh, point to the fact that, um, you know, in the last five or six years, um, you know, teachers have had, their, have had their sort of salaries worked up. And so they reckon that what they've made is a fair offer that, um, that I guess they think they can find the money for. 
there are some pretty amazing stats here as well. A qualified high school teacher in their first year teaching earns around 51000 here in New Zealand. But in Western Australia, that same very teacher would earn just under 83000 Is that just an historical disparity? I think it probably reflects the fact that Australia is much wealthier than New Zealand is. If we zoom out from this specific strike for a sec, you know, this year is being tipped as one that could see quite a bit of industrial action. Why is that? So there's a lot of theories around about this, but I think probably the most persuasive one is that, you know, um, the trade union movement is obviously has a very tight historical relationship with the, with the Labour Party. It's the industrial wing of the Labour Party. Various unions are tied into the Labour Party in various ways. And you know, that when there is a Labour government, they will be more receptive to, um, you know, giving better paying conditions uh, to workers. Um, I know that certainly in, the, certainly in the halls of power among Labour people, you know, they, they often joke or grimace because they're, so, they're sort of like, why weren't you doing this when the Nats were in power, guys? <laughs> you know, why is, it, why is it always us that get shivved, you know? What other industries do you think we could see industrial action from? Oh well, I think I think the nurses um, are a very are a very good cha- are a very good chance this year. Uh, in in the first instance, I mean, depending on what happens with the public sector, um, depending on what happens with some of the public sector pay advice, then that could be a possibility, less likely, but um, but but certainly but certainly possible. Luke, is this is this teacher strike a, a one off, or is it something that we could see again in the near ish kind of future? Well, I think. It really depends on what happens afterwards. If there's still a stalemate and parties still can't agree, then we could see another. Um, I think the thing to remember with teacher strikes is that politically they're much harder for governments uh, than strikes in other sectors because you know parents up and down the country have to take have to take time off. They have to look after their children. It's just practically a much more of a, of a nuisance in people's lives than um, than you know um, getting your surgery delayed or not being able to go into hospital if it was someone in the healthcare sector, for example. And just while we have you here, mm. why should people care about Stuart Nash having to resign over his conversations, private conversations with the police commissioner over a court decision? Because uh, when you're minister of the Crown, it's completely inappropriate to call up the police commissioner and express a view on how someone is sentenced. You know that's what happens. That's what happens in banana republics, and in you know in in in, in countries like like New Zealand. You should be able to be assured of basically getting a fair trial without some, you know, political master or political boss calling up the cops and saying, "Well, I don't really think that was strong enough. Maybe you guys should appeal that." And so it seems like an innocuous enough thing, I guess. And Stuart Nash said, "Oh well, I was just talking with a mate, you know, chewing the fat with a mate." I think was what he was what he said. But it is in fact, it is in fact, um, is in fact uh, entirely inappropriate. And frankly, he was just. It sounded to me like he was just sounding off on um, sounding off on talkback radio, basically trying to look tough. Luke Malpass, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, am I fair to say probably a bit of a mixed reaction from parents in the staff office today? Yeah, of course there's lots of empathy for the teachers as you would expect, but also mm, some annoyance at the inconvenience, which is also probably how a lot of people are feeling. But so again, understandable on both sides. Remember how in COVID most of us had our Bluetooth turned on all the time so we could find out if we'd been near someone with the virus via Mm -hmm. the app? Mm -hmm. Did you ever get pinged? No, never. I mean, I I had it on the whole time, but never got pinged. Not even once. Not even once? Yeah. Well, well, check out this voice note from avid newsable listener Jane. I just got a message from the COVID Tracer app that I've been by someone with COVID. How is this even still working? This is incredible. I didn't even know, I I kind of didn't even know that the app was still 
functioning in that way. You know, I mean, it's awesome, but I just don't imagine that enough people are using it for for it to actually be useful. Yeah, yeah, that's a unicorn moment for Jane. That's for sure. But we asked Tefatu Order Health New Zealand about it. They said the Bluetooth tracing remains active, but you don't have to use it. But if you do get pinged, keep an eye out for symptoms and do a wrap. All that jazz. The app will come in handy if there is another pandemic, you know. We're not going to talk about any more pandemics. Yeah, no, sensible. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all been there, you know. Your phone starts ringing. Unknown number. And, uh, well, actually, sometimes it happens when it's a known number as well. But when you look at your screen, your palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy, potentially some vomit on your sweater already. Mum's beauty, okay, I'll stop now. But you know what I'm getting at here? Phone call anxiety. It's a real thing, and like Emil said, we've all been there before, but one woman has made it her mission to help people conquer their fear of the phone conversation. In fact, she's known as the phone lady, and she's with us now. Mary Jane Copps, hello and welcome. Thank you for having me, Emojin and Emil. It's great to be here with you. Just kick things off with a pretty straightforward question for you. Why are people scared of speaking on the phone? Well, actually, talking on the phone has a lot in common with public speaking or being on a podcast. (laughs) Um, So people can get nervous, right? And if especially if it's something they don't do very often, or maybe they've never even done before, they've been texting or emailing, then yeah, there's some performance anxiety that goes along with that. Do you think that there's a generational divide here somewhere as well? Because if I think of some of the Gen Z or the Zoomers in my life, uh, you know, asking some of them to pick up a phone and call someone, um, it's like a form of torture, something that's that's paralyzingly um, uh, difficult for them to do. Is this something that you notice as well? Well, it's certainly phone anxiety um, and phone fear has been growing in our society substantially in the last eight years. But phone phobia has existed for decades. That fear of picking it up and not knowing who's on the other end and are they going to ask you something you don't have the answer to. But I think all generations that have spent too much time putting words on a screen have anxiety about having a conversation on the phone. How, so in terms of the tips here, you know, I guess one of the ways that you can get away from that anxiety is to know exactly what you're going to say and say it and then get off the phone. So, I mean, what are your tips when it comes to something like that, keeping conversations economical so that you don't have time for the anxiety to ferment, I suppose? 
you can create an agenda, much like you might have in a meeting. You can say, okay, Emil, there's three things we want to accomplish in this call. And the first one is, so you can grab control of the conversation and move it through by creating this mini agenda. I need to get you to help me structure my interviews, Mary Jane. (laughs) (laughs) How's the best way to end a call? First, before I answer that, the first time somebody asked me that, I was so shocked. And I went, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to give it some thought because I do it automatically. So one of the things that happens when you're winding up a call is the sound of your voice changes. In most cases, it lowers a little bit as a signal like, I'm done with this conversation. (laughs) And you start to say things like, wow, it's been great talking to you. (laughs) So you don't automatically go to goodbye, but you give signals that this call is over and and we're moving towards goodbye. Well, Mary Jane, it's been great talking to you. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I knew this was coming. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mary Jane, phone lady, for your insights. Hopefully there's some tips and tricks that every one of us can use. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day. (sighs) Imogen Wells. Emile Donovan. Do you think producer Jono will bleep it out if we say f*** in the pod? Probably. Mm. What do you think about Touch and go, but I would probably err on the side of caution if I were Johnny. I definitely think he would bleep out. <laughs> did you say? Is that an insult, or did you just make that I one up? I was just saying words at the end there. <laughs> you were just making up absolute bullshit. Oh. Oh. What? Bullshit's okay. Yeah, bullshit's okay, is it? Yeah. Bullshit must be okay. Interesting. It is very fun swearing into a microphone while it's recording, but normally we're doing this off-air, MO. Why are we doing it for the actual pod today? Well, an employment judge in the UK recently ruled that dropping the F-bomb at work isn't shocking, and in fact the word f- is commonplace after someone in the UK complained about their boss swearing in a meeting. So they basically got told to shut the f*** up. <laughs> so... We want to know whether or not you think the word has lost significance and if it's just a normal everyday word. We'll chuck a poll on Instagram. You can flick us an email if you've got some hot hot takes. I was going to chuck in another one then, but I thought, poor Jono. Poor Jono with the bleeps. <laughs> yeah, you got to have some taste. Uh, that is Newsable for today. I'm Emil Donovan. And I'm Imogen. Oh, you've bleeped my last name. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on social media to stay up to date on new episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and all things Newsable. You can find us on Insta, TikTok, and YouTube by searching Newsable NZ. You can also hit us up directly if you've got something to say. Email us at newsable at staff.co.nz. And remember, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day. Bye. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.